1: Good afternoon. Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuwanas. Here's some sports news for you. The University of Montana men's basketball team is preparing to make a run at a third straight Big Sky Conference championship, and practice has already begun. The Grizz team earned verbal commitments from a pair of talented guards earlier this week, Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley III. Colter, tell them about these kids.
0: Whitney is a senior at Bishop Alamina High School in Michelin Hills, California. He's hundred and sixty-five pound combo guard. He played growing up with fellow Grizz, I guess, his future teammates again, true freshman Kyle Owen and redshirt freshman Eddie Egan. Whitney also had offers from Cal State Northridge in southern Utah. Beasley is from Dublin High in Dublin, California, which is in the Bay Area. He was a high school teammate of current Grizz junior guard Timmy Falls. He is a six foot three guard who is listed as a three star recruit. He chose Montana over offers from Nevada and San Francisco.
1: The high school and NFL football slate begins tonight. Tennessee is at Jacksonville to start week three of the NFL season. There's a major Class B matchup this week, uh, as well as Missoula Loyola, the fourth ranked team in the state, welcomes the third ranked Manhattan to town. That game kicks off at seven tomorrow night. There's a pair of undefeated that square off at the double A level as Missoula Sentinel heads to Helena Capital. Both those schools are three and And there's a pair of double A games in Missoula, including tonight as Big Sky hosts Helena High for some Thursday night football, and then tomorrow two and O Hellgate welcomes Flathead. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. I'm watching clips of the Detroit Pistons in the '90s. This is the basketball I want. I want more football in my basketball. That's all I'm saying. It's Tuteil Nuanas, on 1029 ESPN radio. It's I mean, a, just straight punches.
0: It's amazing how, like, the, the pro wrestler power forward has just gone, gone. the no, way of the Buffalo, nowhere. man. Like, everybody, you had to have one. Yes. You, every, I mean, Anthony Davis, Dale Davis, Char, Carl Malone, Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, on
1: down the line. Yeah. Those guys were all frightening. Um, It is Tuteil Nuanas. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, online at kurtzpolaris.com.
0: Who's your favorite NBA enforcer
1: from the 90s?
0: I mean, Oak's pretty good. Oakley's pretty good. Uh, I listened to a great podcast. They were talking about the way that the the player knowledge of the way that the front offices in the NBA is run, how much that's developed and how mm. influential that is with players. And that's why teams that are so dysfunctional, like the Bobcats and the Knicks just can't ever get good because everybody in the league's just like, we, we you're not going there. So the only guys that go there are just the guys that are on their last chance or they're drafted there or whatever it might be. But they're talking about how one of the things that just scares everybody away from going to the Knicks is, when they kicked Charles Oakley out of Madison Square Garden, yes. everybody's like, how do you take this guy who's a legend of your organization, and because he's acting somewhat unruly because he's passionate about this game, and you kick him out, and that's just like a spectacle? The uh, it, Ryan Russillo was saying that in NBA circles, that rubbed a lot of players the wrong way because they're like, what are they going to do to me? Yeah, I mean, how could you accomplish much more than Charles Oakley did in New York? Um Anyways, I th- the the enforcer go by the way said I agree. I, it is a little bit nostalgic to watch those things. In in reality, I mean, when you watch those games back, they're not as good as the basketball is now. The, no. the game
1: is more fun. It's way more fun. I just missed you know the fights. Show me the fights. It's too telling. They want us. Uh, if you missed anything in the first hour, you can check it out on the podcast. Podcast available uh, on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Just check out the Two Tail Newlanders podcast. It's there, thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. If you want to call, 329-1899 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. It is time for our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner, and uh, this week, happy to have been joined uh, by the head coach of the Norfolk of Norfolk State, Latrell Scott. Coach Scott has uh, been around a little bit. Was at Richmond, then went down to uh, Division 2 for a while in the state of Virginia. Now coaching in the MEAC, where he played uh, with uh, with Norfolk State, and coming to Montana. This is a fun interview. It's always uh, it's always great to get teams from other por- parts of the country, other regions of the country, going to the to the state of Montana. It's fun for the kids from the state of Montana, going to other regions of the country. It's one of the great things about sports, about collegiate sports. Uh, But it was certainly fun to talk to him about uh, this trip in general and obviously about the football as well. So here you go. The uh, head coach of Norfolk State coming to play the Montana State Bobcats Saturday, Latrell Scott.
0: We're going out of the Rangage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in Norfolk State head coach Latrell Scott to Tutel Orleans. Coach Scott, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Coach Bradley, first of all, just tell us about coming to Montana. Have you ever been to Montana before as your team prepares to take on Montana State on Saturday afternoon? And what are your expectations for your trip to Bozeman?
3: Uh I have not been to Bozeman. I've not been to Montana either. Uh I've played uh, you know, several teams from, from out that way, but never actually in Montana. So we're looking forward to it. It's uh it's a trip that, you know, probably I wasn't expecting to take, but uh, we're definitely looking forward to it. I hear it's a beautiful country, uh, and it's a great experience for our guys. So, you know, we're looking forward to bring them out.
1: You know, talk about that a little bit because obviously football comes first, and you know, you're preparing to to go and and win a football game and all that kind of stuff. But also. When it comes to especially non-conference stuff, the, the some of the trips that you can take can give guys an opportunity to see parts of the country, interact with people that they never would have, you know. Otherwise, is that something that you know plays into a trip like this for you when you when you talk about bringing your team out here?
3: Well, I, I think you have to. I think it's all a part of the student athlete experience. I think it's something that, you know, when guys are twenty-five and thirty years old, they'll have the opportunity to say, "Hey, you remember the time that we went out to Montana?" Because I don't really think that. Uh, any of my guys would would, would would plan a trip to Montana at any point in their life. So we're uh, we're excited about it and, and looking forward to seeing uh, that part of the country.
0: Logistically, what's the trip going to be like for you guys? Where are you guys flying? How, how, what's the path to get to Montana?
3: Uh, so, you know, we're, we're very fortunate. Our administration's us uh, the ability that we're going to fly directly from Norfolk uh, into Bozeman. So, uh, it's you know, we're being told it's about a four-hour flight, so we're going to leave here. Uh, at 11 o'clock our time, which should get us there, uh, 1 o'clock Bozeman time, and uh, we're going to check into the hotel and uh, practice over at uh, Bozeman High School, I believe, and uh, just, just try to run around and get used to the area, and then we'll have a normal Friday night schedule and you know get up and be ready to go Saturday morning.
0: There's only one guy on Montana State that has any familiarity with your deck of the woods, Jacque Allen, a safety for MSU. He started his career at Virginia Tech, and now uh, he's playing at Montana State, but he's from Virginia Beach but I've covered several guys from that area. And anybody that follows sports knows that the Norfolk, Virginia Beach, uh, Roanoke, Richmond, that whole area, just so rich with athletes of all sorts. Alan Iverson, Michael Vick, you know, Bruce Smith, you know, D'Angelo Hall, Percy Harvin, Cam Chancellor, Russell Wilson, all the, there's so many guys from that part of the country. Is there anything you can put your finger on to why the recruiting talent, why the, the athletic talent is so rich in your part of the world?
3: I think uh, you know. I, I think it's it's the number of people. I think obviously with the military bases and all those things being here, but we're we're very fortunate uh, to be in this area. I was born and raised in Richmond. I went to college at Hampton University down here uh, in uh, in what we call the Seven Five Seven, and it's it's been a talent rich region, uh, you know, for a number of sports for a lot of years. So uh, we're just very fortunate to have a few guys on our team uh, from the area. We've kind of built our recruiting base. Uh, inside out, you know. We, we started out saying that we we're going to recruit locally and then regionally, and, and then nationally, and it's uh, it's paid off for us. And I think the young man uh, played uh, high school ball over at Ocean Lakes for Coach Scott, and uh, yep. he's very familiar with a couple of guys on our team.
1: Coach, you play uh, football there in the MEAC, and the HBCUs in that area are, are something that have been, you know, very influential over the years and continue to just grow and grow. What is uh, special to you about being a part of that group of universities and playing in that conference?
3: Well, uh, the, the MEAC means a lot to me, uh, you know, first and foremost, because I played in this conference. Uh, you know, had a chance to, to to play for Joe Taylor over at Hampton, and, and Coach has to the Hall of Fame this year. I think that the thing the MEAC has done is uh, – they, they they've made a conscious decision to be a better conference. Uh, we're, we're led by a great commissioner. I think every school's hiring uh, different coaches from different backgrounds, guys with uh, NFL experience, guys with uh, you know Power Five experience, and I think the the level of coaching and the players has drastically improved over the last few years.
0: Latrell Scott joining us. He's the head coach at Norfolk State University in his fifth season at NSU. Coach, tell us something about Norfolk State that's maybe unique, or what, what what's your recruiting pitch when, when you're recruiting kids to your school? What's something that you can sell? Just about your school, about your institution.
3: Uh, we, we've got a great school, uh, you know. We've got a great academic base, but I think the thing that sells our program is uh, it, its family structure. It's uh, it's about a six thousand uh, student campus, kind of a campus that's big enough uh, to where everybody's not on top of each other, but also small enough to where your professors still know your name and uh, we, we try to make sure that our coaching staff follows that same philosophy. Uh, we're, we're, we're a family-oriented program, as I said, and, and we've got great facilities. Uh, you know, we've got a great basketball team and a uh, great women's basketball team, so it's a, it's a sports-friendly uh, institution, and uh, we've got great student support, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're led by a great administrative staff.
1: Coach, let's talk a little bit about the game Saturday as you go uh, to play the Bobcats. What when you when you've seen Montana State play on tape and started to break down, you know a little bit of what they do. What jumps out to you? What do you think the, the keys for you are going to be uh, on Saturday?
3: They're, they're a very good football team. Uh, you know, you watched the three games that they have played. Obviously, they played Texas Tech and then the two FCS opponents. I think the thing that stands out to me on the offensive side of the ball uh, is their defensive line and their front seven. Um, Really good football players up front, uh, tough, physical—you know, hard-nosed kids that uh, you know they—they—they play—you know—for for the entire sixty minutes. Uh, offensively, you know, big, physical offensive line with with, with the ability to run the football. So um, we've got to we've got to make sure that a defensively we can stop the run and try to contain those guys best we can there. And, and offensively, uh, we struggled last week for the first time this season. We didn't quite snap the ball as many times as uh, we had in the, in the previous two games. We've got to make sure we snap the ball uh, as many times as possible and uh, not turn the football over and continue to score when we get the ball in the red zone.
0: You mentioned the Lions for Montana State. That's definitely the way that Jeff Choate wanted to build his program is from the lines on out, and they put a high priority on both the offensive and defensive lines. How do you think you guys match up when it comes to going against those two fronts?
3: Well, I have a ton of confidence, uh, you know, in, in both of our lines because it's something that we've had to improve over the years. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, we we finally gotten ourselves in position to where we have players that can hold up in games like this. Uh, you know, de- 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 defensively, we've struggled to stop the run the last two weeks. Last week was more because of the option scheme uh, versus just getting run over. But uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for us. We're going to have to be creative by, you know, getting some extra people in the box to try to protect the line
0: of scrimmage and, uh, and and trying to put these guys into obvious passing situation. Montana State has had stellar running quarterbacks the last three years, but now a more traditional guy playing quarterback. But when Jeff Choate was breaking down Norfolk State's roster to us, he said that Juwan Carter, your guys' quarterback, really reminded him of Chris Murray, a kid they had a couple years back. And Murray was absolutely electric with his legs, uh, one of the best dual threats in the FCS what have you thought of just Juwan Carter's development, and what sort of element do you think he brings to your guys' offense?
3: Well, when when Juwan is doing the thing that he's supposed to do, uh, he's one of the best quarterbacks uh, in FCS football. You know, he uh, he's had a couple of bad turnovers, made a couple of bad decisions, but you know when he's operating our offense and he's uh, taking care of the football, uh, he's got the ability to to cause you problems with both his legs and his arm. He's, he's a three year starter, so the game has kind of slowed down from a little bit and and he's not making the mistakes that he made as a younger quarterback. And, and as I said, I mean, when he's right, we're right. So our offense goes as he goes.
0: And on the other side of the ball, the guy that jumped out right away when I was watching your guys' Coastal Carolina game is Nigel Chavis. He looks the part all day, and he, he looks like he's playing the part these last couple of years, too, as one of the best linebackers uh, in your part of the country. So what sort of uh, tone setter is he for you, for your defense?
3: Well, uh, you know, Nodger a fifth-year senior, and uh, he's a leader on our defense. Uh, very physical guy. Um, you know, he he played ninety snaps last week. You know, we've got to find a way to get him off the field so that he can be uh, have the same level of effectiveness the entire game. But he's definitely the heart and soul of our defense. Uh, you know, along with our safety, Bobby Price.
0: Latrell Scott joining us. He is the fifth-year head coach at Norfolk State University. Coach, you guys' schedule has been pretty interesting because you played Old Dominion, a regional rival, took them down on the wire in a 24-21 loss, then a Division II win over Virginia State, the place where you used to work, and then last week against Coastal Carolina, and that's a tough place to play. Chanticleer's definitely somebody that's familiar out here after they upset Montana in the first round of the playoffs, 2013. But it's kind of been FBS or D2, no FCS games yet, so what do you think of just the gauge you're going to get from your team as you guys play in Bozeman on Saturday?
3: Well, you know, we, we talked to our team about the, the three games that we played. You know, uh, the, the first one, if you look at it on paper, uh, it's not a fair fight based on FCS versus FBS. Uh, the second game's not a fair fight on paper based on the fact that you're playing Division two. The third game, you go back to FBS, and now what we're telling our guys is that this should be a fair fight. And uh, it, it gives us the ability to really gauge and see exactly where we are.
1: Colter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here and we also have to do sales things and we also have a marketing department and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact. And it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. (laughs) What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP, it's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Well, Coach, I'll tell you what, we certainly appreciate you being on with us. We had Kevin Callahan, the Monmouth head coach, on yesterday as they're coming to play the University of Montana. And they went to Bozeman five years ago, and he told us a story. They went and uh, and toured a state park, and five of his players got lost. So (laughs) I just, as a point, I just want to help, you know, and make sure that everybody's accounted for because you get some (laughs) open spaces in Bozeman, and all of a sudden you look around and you're missing a guy or two, you know?
3: Well, I I tell you what, these guys coming from the beach over here, I doubt very seriously that they're going to wander off too far.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Well, Coach, we certainly.
3: No, I I said I I bet I have no idea. Keep keeping a close 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 eye on these guys, any any other time you're worried about him, but
1: I'm really not worried about him venturing off this time. No doubt. Well, hey, we certainly appreciate you coming on with us. We're really looking forward to the game Saturday. Hope you guys have a, a wonderful and a safe trip and, and, a, and a great experience being in, uh, being in Montana for maybe the one and only time, okay? Enjoy it.
3: We're looking forward to it. Thanks for having
1: me. Perspective is everything, isn't it, Coulter? I mean, a bunch of people from Montana would probably go to Virginia Beach and go, I'm not leaving the hotel. <laughs> Well, and then Virginia he, Beach is pretty nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know Norfolk, whatever the, sure, the area. Sure, you come from there, you come here. You, you, I'm not leaving the hotel. Bears. it's like it's <laughs> like I
0: told you the story about Jack Clay Allen after you we know, got that interview. Jack Clay Allen's from Virginia Beach. He's starting safety for Montana State, yeah. and. I asked him, you know, he, Jacque Allen, when he first moved to Montana, he wasn't part of the program. He had to go to Galton College to get some academic stuff smoothed out. And he's basically paying his own way to go to school and working a job and just trying to get eligible again. And then he got eligible, so then he was able to join the Cats. But he lived in Bozeman for about six months before he was actually a part of the program. But he was obviously hanging out with some of the guys. And he said, when summer rolled around, he started doing summer workouts, He's getting to know the guys. He said, Kevin Cassis wanted to take him on a hike. So Kevin Cassis takes him on a hike, and he sees – some bear spray hanging from Kevin Cassis' backpack. He said, bro, what's that? He said, it's bear spray. He goes, oh no, no, we're turning around. There's <laughs> bears on this hike. I'm going home. I am not hiking with bears.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it is, it is, uh, going to be fun to, uh, to have, uh, Norfolk state in the state and, uh, and play in Montana state on Saturday. And, I liked what uh, Coach Scott said there at the end. You know, this one, we we're telling the guy, hey, finally, we got a fair fight on our hands. We're not playing up. We're not playing down. We're playing a, a like opponent in terms of uh, the level and the scholarships and all that. And this gives us a chance to have a barometer to see where we're at. And I think that's interesting because I don't know when before now you would have said that about playing Montana State where they're going to be – A bar for you to see how good you are, you know, and there, this is, you know, this is the first that you're starting to hear other coaches talking about the Bobcats as a team that they're using to measure themselves against. And, uh, and, uh, you know, again, it's a, it's a relatively small thing and it's something that coaches, you know, will say and so forth, but if you haven't heard it much before, uh, it does stand out, stood out to me anyway. And I think that uh, that is a, uh, a compliment and also gives a little bit of an identifier of what, you know, another coach at the FCS level from another part of the country who is thinking about this and on a more national scale uh, thinks about where Montana State is at right now.
0: I asked him about the lines specifically because that's most often where the mismatches come in these matchups mm-hmm. where you play in mid-major FCS schools. And he said he has a lot of confidence in his offensive and defensive line. I'm sure he does, but I just think that Norfolk State is just going to have a problem Problem blocking Montana State's D-line. I mean, everybody's going to have a problem blocking Montana State's D-line this year. They're they're really, really, really good. Bryce Dirk is playing at an all-time high level. He, he is establishing himself as... Uh, an early contender for the Buck Buchanan Award. Him and Dante Olson at Montana both are. I think that they both have a serious candidacy going right now already. And I, I'm just interested to see if Norfolk State can hang on the lines. Because the other thing is Montana State's offensive line, they, they've made a little bit of an adjustment. Zach Red was their slated starting center. And Zach Red was the number 21 center in the country coming out of high school but he got under-recruited because he has a hearing issue. And if you talk to him, you'd never know it. He's very much like Mac Bignell was, but Jack Red actually even talks better than that, and you you never would know it. But for whatever reason, the one thing, ironically, that he struggles with is shotgun snaps in loud stadiums, which Montana State is one, and when they played at Texas Tech was one. But Zach Redd's good enough to be on the field, so what they did was they rolled the dice, and they took a, sh- a shot on Denver Crone. Denver Crone's a walk-on out of Augusta, Montana. Small-town kid, ranch kid. But you know, he's only about six one, two sixty, 260, but he's one of those just rough-and-tumble Montana guys, and he's hanging at center so then they can play Zach Reddit at guard. So they have a nice little rotation where they're playing Taylor Sopo at both guard spots. They're playing Lewis Kidd at the right guard spot, and then Zach Red's working in at guard, too. So they have kind of a six-man deal going uh, with the tackles being Connor Wood on the right side, Mitch Brown on the left side. But the addition of the, the ability to play Reddit at guard p- plus the pleasant surprise that has been Denver Crone plus the increased physicality – I don't know what clicked finally – but if you look at Lewis Kidd, you're like, well, in God's name, how are you a F- an FCS player? This guy is 6'6", 3'15", <laughs> flat stomach. I mean, he right. looks like an NFL guy. When you see him walk in the hall, you're like, how did this guy even get to this level? How is he not playing at Minnesota or Wisconsin or something? Yeah, And it's because he was such a nice guy, and he had a hard time playing with a mean streak. I don't know what clicked, but he's playing mean now, and he's finishing people. And that gives a whole new element to Montana State's offensive line. So that's going to be an uphill battle for Norfolk State, too, because at the Cats, they had elite talent on their offensive line, they were just a very good but not elite offensive line unit. They're now bordering on being elite now when you have an elite All-American in Mitch brought, and then if, if Kid and Wood
1: are playing like they have been the last couple of weeks, that's a good unit. Stu Telling who on us, 1029 ESPN Radio. And that was our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to get ourselves into, uh, uh, well, some fun, some fun. With some NFL stuff, we're going to talk about the game tonight and maybe have a discussion about penalties, which have spiked. Does that not sound fun? It sounds fun to me. We'll do it right after this. Hey, you want to be safe. You don't want to get hurt. And you certainly don't want to go get hurt doing something that you didn't even want to do in the first place. I mean, my goodness, right, Coulter? If you're going to get injured, at least be doing something fun. You <laughs> know? Out. Don't clean your gutters yourself, people. Okay, It's a dumb idea. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. Call Missoula gutter cleaning. Go online at MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. They will come in. They will take the risk out of it. They will take the pain and suffering out of it. They will take the ire and the aggravation out of it. You will get time back to do, well, whatever you want. You want to watch some football, play some golf, maybe go out on a date, take the kids around, whatever it is. You can do that because you're not doing this medial task that is the source of such consternation for all of us. Missoulaguttercleaning.com. You go on there, you get your estimate this week. They're going to give you a $20 gift card to your favorite brewery, your favorite coffee shop, uh, as soon as the job's done. How about that? So that you're getting your gutters clean and something fun to do? That sounds great all day long. Okay. Do what you want to do. Don't, don't, don't do the risky stuff that can cause aggravation and at worst, maybe even serious injury. Okay? Don't do that. Go to Missoulaguttercleaning.com. Let the Wingate
0: by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not.
1: ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Hey, how are you? Brian right, Thutel, Colton Nwanis. Here's some sports information for you. The University of Montana men's basketball team is preparing to make a run at a third straight Big Sky Conference Championship. Practice has already begun. That Grizz team uh, earned verbal commitments from a pair of talented guards earlier this week. Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley the third. Colter, who are these guys?
0: Whitney is a senior at Bishop Alamina High School in Mission, Mission Hills, California. He's a 6'1", 165-pound combo guard. He grew up playing with current Grizz Kyle Owens who's a true freshman and redshirt freshman Eddie Egan Whitney also had offers from Cal State Northridge and Southern Utah Beasley is from Dublin High in Dublin California in the Bay Area he was a high school teammate of current Grizz junior guard Timmy Falls Beasley is a six foot three guard who is listed as a three-star recruit he chose Montana over offers from San Francisco and Nevada
1: the high school and NFL football slate begins tonight. Tennessee is at Jacksonville to start week three of the NFL season. There's a major Class B matchup featured in Missoula tomorrow as fourth-ranked Loyola welcomes third-ranked Manhattan to town. That game is at seven. There's a pair of undefeated square off at the double-A level as Missoula Sentinel heads to Helena Capital. Both schools are 3-0. and There's also a pair of double-A games in Missoula, including tonight as Big Sky hosts Helena High for some Thursday night football, and then tomorrow 2-0 Hellgate welcomes Flathead for the night's homecoming game. Both those games kick at 7 p.m. NFL week one begins today. I love Thursdays, man. You know? Get a game? Did you feel like you're kind of headed to that weekend thing? It's all good. It's Tuttle New is 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on Twitter at Gus at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. Go check us <laughs> out there. We appreciate that. We're happy to have you on board. ESPN Radio, 1029 FM. In Missoula, the only FM sports station in western Montana. How great is that? And also on SWX Montana Television. Great to uh, have you on board there as well, Coulter, Let's talk about the NFL tonight, and uh, the we'll do we'll do our uh, NFL analysis picks and all that kind of stuff tomorrow for the weekend. But there is one game on the docket today, and it is the mighty Tennessee Titans at the mighty Jacksonville Jaguars. These teams they combined one and three. And the Jags are 0-2. Jalen Ramsey wants out. Jalen Ramsey's agent says that he expects Jalen Ramsey to be traded in the next 10 days, a.k.a. uh, by the next football game after tonight that Jacksonville plays in. But for now, Jalen Ramsey is still a Jag. He's still playing for Doug Marone. And uh, this has a very, very weird feel to it because I, I don't know where all of this unrest is cut. It's so funny because if this was happening or when, when stuff like this did happen, say, at Pittsburgh... Everybody knew about it, but when it happens at Jacksonville, you don't know that anything's ma- uh, wrong until Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey are having a screening match on the sideline of the game. And even now, nobody's really talked about it. So I'm interested to watch this game from that standpoint to hear, because I'm I'm sure that they're you know the NFL Network is going to cover what in the world it is that is the, the the point of consternation between a guy who who was and I think still is one of the you know, one of the top end cornerbacks in, oh, in the league and why this, what was it once dominant defense seems like it's, you know, struggling. The other thing I can't wait to see is Gardner Minshew's mustache.
0: G Minshew, the guys that, the NFL guys that don't know about him. It's the one of the funniest things in the world to me. I, Cause I just, I don't really G- Gardner Minshew was, was a big name in this region yeah. because of Washington state. And just because of, his personalities and
1: a team that won 11 games and he had a little bit of Heisman talk. Totally.
0: And and we, we have a lot of crossover with the Spokane media market because of covering Eastern Washington and SWX originates out of Spokane, which we're on. Hi everybody. Um, It's just so funny to be like, Bill Simmons can't get over this G Minshew guy. He thinks (laughs) he's like this samurai sword wheeling chef or something. Well, he is. I know. It's just so funny. I, so how about this? Luke Falk, slated to start for the New York Jets. This is why the NFL's crazy, and this is also why I'm always arguing that there's not really that much of a difference in NFL teams when everybody is healthy and it's June. But as the dominoes start to fall and guys start to get hurt or somebody gets mono or whatever it is, it's what what the Jets are with Sam Darnold compared to what the Jets might be with Luke Falk. It's a a totally different deal. Significant. But what who would have ever predicted that that, that would there would be a weekend where
1: Luke Vulcan, and Gardner Mishu are starting the two the two uh, uh, Washington State uh, quarterbacks are starting the, the, in the, the NFL. last two. Okay, yeah, I mean it's a fact. All right, uh, yes, I mean Tommy, you don't have to ask to come on the radio show for out Go go ahead. What is it that you would like to contribute? This should be this should be interesting.
0: Uh, here's the deal. I want to know about the camper. We, you spent all this time talking about the camper, and we don't have an update. Is it still for
3: sale if you guys sold that thing? <laughs> uh,
1: the camper is for sale. Uh, we had to get uh, some new uh, running lights on it, which we have done. In fact, Tina did. I didn't do it. She did it. She's the one who's capable. I am just the guy who kind of hangs out at the house from time to time. Uh, and so, uh, yes, the, the camper is now officially up and ready to go, and we're uh, on the verge of, of posting it anew, I guess is how I should say it. So it had to, we, we had to take a back seat there for a minute, but now it is available, and, uh, and, yes, you can come to my house and pick it up at any time.
0: Well, it was only uh, in the very recent past that I have learned you know, where you live Uh, And so the other day I realized I was near your house when I almost slammed into a camper parked on the side of the road with a for sale sign. And then it came to mind, oh, my God, this is Ryan's house. Yes. So I almost slammed my car into your trailer.
3: So you might want to think about selling that thing sooner than later because, you know, I might come along and slam my car into it. Thank
1: you for not uh, slamming your car into it. I will tell you a story since you brought it up, though. I went to take uh, my garbage out and the garbage uh, at my house uh, sits as it does at many people's house, sort of adjacent to the driveway uh, and out near the sidewalk and the road and so forth. And I went out and it was after dark and this guy was walking, looking at his phone with his child uh, on his shoulders and probably like a two, you know, two year old kid where you didn't need to hold him. You know, they, at some point they're self-sufficient. They're going to stay up there. You don't need to hold on to the legs. Okay, so anyhow, uh, this guy's walking with his kid, and I walk out, and I'm, you know when you cross some threshold where you're close enough to a person that you're worried that if they see you, you're going to startle them because they don't know you're there, and then all of a sudden you're, like, really close? But this guy was really dialed, though, into his phone, and even his kid goes starts saying, hey, who's that guy? Hey, who's that guy talking about me? You know, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this guy's going to look up, and now, you know, he thinks that I'm out here, you know, why why you standing close to me with my kid and you know i don't want to you know spook anybody or whatever (laughs) but this guy just goes walking right on by and didn't never notice me i said okay well thank goodness so i go and i throw my bag into uh uh, the garbage can and then i hear he walks right into the back of the camper with the kid on his shoulders (laughs) (laughs) Whammo! <laughs> what funny is this is something you would do. I walked in and told my wife, and she goes, "That is you. You just watched yourself do." I said, "A hundred percent. That is a. Hu- I don't. I, this is not like me calling anybody out because I am looking at myself doing that very thing, walking into the back of a camper, looking at my phone with my child on my shoulders. Yes. This,
2: this is why the
3: city of Missoula loves you,
1: Ryan. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy.
3: Thanks for the. Hey, call. man. Thanks for the. Yeah. Thanks for the camp update. And yeah. by the way, Colts are great show. Uh, you don't sound as
0: grouchy as normal, and for that, I give you kudos. All right, I'll let you go. Tom,
1: like remote, <laughs> remotely producing, like calling in feedback from Tommy. It's great. He misses that. it. He tries to say he doesn't, but he does. He does. We, we, we people want to know what's going on with the producer situation. Update coming soon. Very excited about our uh, producer situation here. Uh, point being, you never thought that 116th of the league was going to be Washington State quarterbacks, and yet here we are. Uh,
0: and so I also think it's a microcosmic example of the way that the NFL itself has evolved because even 10 years ago, guys like Cliff Kingsbury and Graham Harrell couldn't even get a sniff in the league. Timmy Chang, you know, Colt Brennan, the spread quarterbacks that threw for a million yards in mm-hmm. college they were seventh round draft picks who never even could make rosters. Like Graham yeah. Harrell was the third string quarterback on the Packers for a couple years. He went not yeah. play in Canada, but there were, there was no real transition and it was almost all pro style guys. And now you see Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Carson Wentz. Yeah, he was more of a pro style guy in, in college, but he's proven that he can run a lot of RPO and spread concepts in the pros, uh, but on down the line. And that uh, these Washington state guys, Minshew
1: was really good last year. He's been outstanding so far. In the NFL way better than I expected it well I mean his yeah I mean he he he's he's a, a, a good quarterback I think I mean he was good enough to be the backup for a team that had you know a serviceable but not like for sure lock it up starter you know and then and, and uh and now here he is and he gets his shot and it's uh oh I'm gonna be I'm gonna look forward to watching him play tonight uh to watch him uh, go tell New One is one zero two nine ESPN Radio SWX Montana Colter. I wanted to talk to you about this though briefly as well. NFLpenalties.com's dot website they track. Okay, would you like to guess uh, penalties in the NFL? Wow, to this point through two weeks in the season they have tallied up six hundred and twenty two penalties that have been called. Uh, that is approximately nine point seven two flags per game. So call it call it ten. Okay, I mean you're you're you round it, rounded up ten flags a game. In 2018, uh, there was a total of just over 4,000 flags uh, for a total of 7.62. So two full penalties per game less last season uh, than so far. And okay, two weeks in uh, this season. Um, that's an in 2009. By the way, there was an average of 6.64. So it went up like one one penalty a game. Over the course of basically ten years, and now to this point, it's it's uh, up two penalties already just in this season. Now, uh, my my impression is that there's always more flags earlier in the season because the referees are mandated to kind of set the tone of how the season's going to go, what stuff is going to be called, and then I think it it sort of wanes a little bit and it it becomes a little more relaxed as the season goes on. And so I certainly don't expect this to continue. That said, there are more penalties now uh, than there have been in a long time. And with the offensive and defensive pass interference review, which I find just, I hate this rule. I just hate this rule so very much. Um, I think it's going to add to it. Now, I am not to the point at all where I'm sitting there and I'm finding it ruining my experience, but also I'm such a... I'm so scattered when I watch football because it's almost always DVR and I'm fast forward into their stuff and, and, and that. But when you talk about the flow of the game, like when you go and sit down in the stadium and you watch the game, like even a television timeout that comes in and you go, well, OK, now you, you don't realize as a television viewer that people are just kind of sitting around for three minutes. Just hanging out, waiting for the next thing to happen at the actual football game. And all these penalties are increasing the duration of the game, certainly, but also interrupting the flow of it. And sometimes significantly because of all the replay. It's not merely a flag. It's a flag and a review and a, a, you know this, that, and the other. And the experience of the game itself, Troy Aikman was very, very you know uh, uh, open about his disdain for the number of penalties that are being called and what it is doing to the game. Do you see that? Are you feeling that and sensing that about this NFL season so far?
0: It's hard to say the NFL has gotten so fast and violent. I mean, it's always been violent, but it is it is ridiculously violent at this point. the That's the thing that I think is the most undertold story in the league is that the the pace and spread out nature of the offenses now, gets all the headlines. The quarterback play gets all the headlines. Everybody's watching football through an offensive lens now because of fantasy football, because the offenses are so prevalent at almost every level of football. To me, the defenses are as good as they've ever been. You just can't compare them statistically. Trying to compare how many points per game and yards per game, it's just foolish because of course the 85 Bears only gave up 10 points per game because people were only scoring 21 points, not 28 points, not 30 points. So It's, it's all relative. The defenses are just so vicious. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that penalties like pass interference, like holding, so much of it is so subjective, right? Because if you really wanted to be ticky-tack, you could call holding or pass interference a lot more often than you even do. Yeah. And I, I always err on the side of just letting the guys play. Yeah. It is. You said that uh, they loosen it up as the year goes. On. I think also guys just learn how to play. Like they get yeah. they get into the flow of it and they know what's being called and what's not being called and the priorities and things like that. It's much like the NBA how that happens towards the end of the year as well. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how the NFL season
1: evolves. Yeah. Well, I I think I don't think it's I don't think it's that big a deal yet. But I do hate the OPI and DPI review. Right? Yes. Are you yes Oh, me yes. This? I I can't stand it. Okay. Uh, nonetheless, can't wait to watch tonight. It's to tell new ESPN radio, uh, SWX Montana television. We'll take a quick break on the other side. When we come back, we'll set you up for uh, what we got coming up on ESPN, uh, radio, the rest of, uh, tonight and the week cards Cubs. They're in the first inning through the first inning, We're going to have that for you on ESPN radio, a huge matchup in the MLB. Tell you about it here on the other side. Uh, I'm excited about this Coulter. Getting to uh, do something that I enjoy to do, but also in a way that is, uh, you know, hopefully helpful in the community. That's something that I'm into. And uh, this one I'm definitely into. The Watson Children's Shelter Tennis Pro-Am is going to be running from October 10th through the 13th. Does that sound like a long time for a pro-am to go? Well, yeah. But it's a tennis tournament, people. you got to have multiple days. And the thing about this is that Thursday on the 10th, the first day of it, is actually an auction where you're going to come out and auction off... We're going to auction off pro tennis players, okay? Pros in the area kids that are uh, guys, gals that are outstanding tennis players. Who do you want to be paired with? You want to win the tournament. Great prizes, okay? So you got to get a great pro to pair with you to go win the tennis pro-am, and I'm going to emcee this thing on Thursday, October the 10th, down Sweet. at the uh, barn on Mullen, you know, out there by the Ranch Club. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, 28 professional tennis players going to be available for auction, and then you'll play through the weekend. There's going to be a full breakfast bar on Saturday and Sunday, lunch on Saturday, a Tour of the facility of the Watson Children's Shelter, uh, refreshments and snacks all the way through. Of course, you're going to be plenty hydrated and taken care of. You're playing tennis, physical exertion, and so forth. There is also a uh, silent auction that's going to be mobile. So you can uh, begin October 4th. You can text 4, the number 4, for the kids to 71760. Seven one seven six zero for the kids to view and bid on all the available auction items, and then uh, come on down and sign up and uh, and uh, you know put your money down. Okay, give to a great cause, the Watson Children's Shelter, and get yourself a tennis pro to help you through the weekend and win a dog on tournament. I'll be there again October tenth from six to nine 30 at the barn on Mullen. Come on down and uh, and say hi, hang out, and we'll have a great time and do it for a great cause. Online, Watson Children's. Sh- watsonchildrenshelter.org for info and tickets watsonchildrenshelter.org colter something people may not know about us but we work at a company imagine that we don't just broadcast from our bedrooms I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones, the only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state of the art with twenty four seven local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit go slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. To tell in Nuanus on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Cubs are going to win today. Got to have it. Got to make the postseason, got to win the division, and for crying out loud, I got to win my bet with Robert Chase, you know? Cards fan over there on the trail. It's the only thing I don't like about the trail. (laughs) (laughs) Sutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at kurtzpolaris.com. Uh, you can listen to this show whenever you want to in an archived fashion. It's called a podcast. There are many platforms that you can find podcasts and Two-Tel and Alana's podcast is available on just about all of them. So you can go check it out. Listen to the podcast. Podcast available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Right now, bottom of the second inning in Chicago, Wrigley Field. The Cubs coming off back-to-back losses now three games back of the Cards in the division. And... what just happened? Now, Zobris grounded out, but did advance Kyle Schwarber to second base. So, one on, in scoring position, with one out in the bottom of the second as they play 0-0 baseball at the moment in in Chicago on the north side. Again, we'll be bringing that game to you as soon as uh, we are done here. Uh, Follow, if you'd like to. Twitter, Instagram. We are now on Instagram, people. That's right. Pictures, slogans, sayings. You know, you've always wanted to be quotable. (laughs) Holter <laughs> by and by you I just mean everybody right does isn't that the goal is to like have a quote and then a dash and then your name and that's a thing that circulates holy college football players felt that way Instagram that's the way you do it so many quotes from me up there I'm very important now at 1029 ESPN on Instagram uh, also on Twitter uh, there here's what we want you to do we have a little homework for you okay tomorrow we're going to pick games against the spread in the NFL in the NFL we want you. Now, we have a couple that we're certainly going to do. We'll always be doing the Seahawks game. We may you know, dabble in the Green Bay side of things. Maybe Minnesota if uh, you know, Coulter stamps his feet hard enough. But uh, we want to know who you want us to pick. So go on to uh, Twitter at 1029ESPN and tell us what games you want us to uh, talk about uh, on the show tomorrow. The NFL games that you want at 1029ESPN and uh, tweet us. This is going to be fun. Let's see what people say about this. Okay, uh, send the tweets in at one of two ESPN. Tell us what games you want us to pick, and uh, and we will put those on the docket for tomorrow uh, as well. Mentioned Jalen Ramsey earlier. Yeah, if he gets traded to the Chiefs, well, it's big that's gonna be a big acquisition for Kansas City. I mean, is, are you saying that out of the clear blue sky? It sounds like there's something that that. Oh no, that's that,
0: that that's the number one team that's pursuing him right now. Must be nice to have a quarterback on a rookie contract.
1: Exactly. He's also an MVP. Exactly. You were mentioning
0: you know, Jalen Ramsey's reputation, and I think that Jalen Ramsey is a very, he's a rare type of guy in the league where I think that if you put him in the right situation, he is the best corner in the league. But as soon as the situation gets bad, he can become such a toxic player mm-hmm. because he's such an emotional guy. And I think that your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, right? The re- the way he thrives off of his own emotion is what makes him great. Mm-hmm. And it also is what makes him, I, I think that a guy that could become a big time distraction.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I would think in Kansas City, he'd probably be okay, at least for the rest of this year. Are the guys taking the limelight from you? What do you mean? No, just in terms of like, because they're good. Oh, because they're good, right. Right? For sure. The thing is, is that I just don't understand. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. It's easy to sit here and look at guys making millions of dollars playing, you know, sports and go, go what is the issue? But when you're sitting there in, in Jacksonville, Florida, I realize it's that you know, there's not, you know, the, the care and the interest in the NFL and in their team that you get in other markets, okay, in, in some of the blue bloods of the NFL. But Jacksonville, as a city, is a pretty sweet city. Like, it's it's cool, and if you've been there, uh, it's really pretty in a lot of ways. Obviously, on the water, it's, you know, it's a, a, a very, you know, a, a very, very nice, uh, 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 gentrified place, and it's got, you know, a lot of the 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 high-end appointments that you might be interested in if you were an NFL player. And also, just because it it doesn't have the following that you would get in, say, Dallas or New York or whatever, it's not like people don't know or don't care about the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're still a professional NFL football player in a major city in America. And not two years ago, were the biggest, baddest defense in the entire league a, a whisper away from going to the Super Bowl. And... And the, the, the core of that group is essentially still in place. And so I don't understand why you wouldn't think that you'd be able to recreate that scenario again, you know? And you even, I mean, Gardner Minshew, even with the loss of Nick Foles, is still a step up for the quarterback who was trying to do it for you then in Blake Portal. So I, I don't know. All what there is now, obviously, there's a million other things, and and the relationship with the head coach, if that ain't there, that's probably thing number one. Okay, so I understand that. I just don't understand why sometimes, especially when you've done it, they were the best defense in football, the best defense in football, period. And those guys are still there and relatively young. Some of them are. I still
0: think that Paul Plasnevski retiring and then uh, Telvin Smith deciding he's not going to play this year. Those are huge. Those are very impactful because not only are those guys really good players. I mean, Telvin Smith's one of the most underrated players in the league. He's a great player. I mean, he is, with the exception of Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner, probably the best inside linebacker in the league. So not having him, that, that hurts you. Yeah,
1: that's true. But he also, I mean, 10 years in? Nine years? I mean, he's there a long time. And, you know, that's going to happen. And certainly you still got to have... You, you can never quantify and compensate for the guy who is the, the heart of it. So regardless of performance or whatever, and Paul Ples- uh, Plesnowski was outstanding as a player, um, but he was also the leader. Yes. And, Campbell. And so, you know, that, that is certainly, I mean, it, it, th- this feels to me like a lack of leadership. That's what isn't there in Jacksonville that was before. And so maybe you can't, it's not just so easy as turning the faucet on and recreating an outstanding defense that way, even when you got the players there, presumably, to do it. Uh, The uh, Tennessee Titans, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Jacksonville. I love Gardner Minshew. I think it's a bad situation for Jacksonville right now. I think Tennessee's maybe a little better than what I thought they would be. I'm probably going to go with the road favorite in a rare pick with the road favorite on this one, Coulter. What's the spread? One and a half points. Mm. Where is it? Jacksonville. Mm. You really don't this listen is, to the no, show this while is, you do this. This show is going
0: ahead. to be, this is going to be, uh, has the potential to be an ugly game because both these teams
1: aren't scared to make it ugly. Oh, I mean, Jacksonville, Tennessee is the ugliest matchup around every single year. I mean, it is always ugly. Totally. So it's going to be an ugly game. I'm just interested in who's going to win. I think Tennessee will probably win it.
0: Depends on which uh which Derrick Henry you get. The 200-yard version or the 1-yard a carry version. What a what a polarizing player.
1: He's got to be the the most polarizing player, polarizing performer. Performer, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's such a He's a fancy football nightmare.
1: <laughs> because he seriously <laughs> might drop 50 and he seriously might drop 2. That's why you got to get him in your best ball leagues. So he's mm-hmm. always there. hmm hmm Boys and girls, have a wonderful rest of your evening. We send you out to Wrigley. They're just starting at the top of the third inning. Still nothing, nothing. Uh, the score is uh, as the Cardinals come to bat in the top of the third. Have a wonderful rest of your Thursday evening. Enjoy baseball. Enjoy football. We'll see you tomorrow. Future one, is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television.